everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond a Thought Podcast, where we're talking about issues that you've probably been thinking about. My name is Lynette. And my name is Z. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so we're going to jump right into the conversation. But before that, <laughs> we would like to make a couple of uh, disclaimers based yeah. on uh, our mental health um, conversation that we've already, we've already been having um, mm-hmm. prior to this episode. Um, so, Z. Yeah, so not so much disclaimers. Like, I guess we wanted to just clarify a few things. So the first thing is that our, our, our podcast, Lena and I have been quite explicit in the fact that we are Christian. We are Christian and that's how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten some feedback from people that are saying that it seems as if we are not advocating that God can heal mental illness and mental health. And that's not the case. What we're seeing is multi-dimensional. And I think it's important that when we come to mental health and mental illness is that we seek counsel, holistic counseling. Okay, so you you go to your pastor or whoever it is and you're praying and you're believing God for healing but just like physical health we think it's also important that if you are praying and you're believing God for healing there's nothing wrong with taking that extra step to get a professional to talk about your mental health or mental illness so that's where we're coming from we're not saying that you know do not pray or do not believe God or do not talk to your pastor. We're not saying that. We're saying that in addition to that, we think that it's important for people specifically in our community to get that extra help because your mental health does also have an impact on your physical health. So why not treat it as you would your physical health? So that's where we're coming from. And we hope that that message that people are receiving and we're not trying to distract detract people from continuing to pray in fact prayer is important and i think we always say that it is important to pray and to see god and so on but we're talking about going beyond that and getting the help thing so i hope that clarifies things um and that puts things into perspective for people right just don't pray we're saying in addition to prayer get the help that you need right right Right. So having that balance, um, Mm -hmm. just as you would have for your physical, your physical health, Mm -hmm. have it for your also your mental health as well. So having that balance and not just 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 having one sided conversation. That's Mm -hmm. what we're saying. Um, So, yeah. So today we have with us Theo Ajay. Uh, He's a social worker based in Toronto. Um, He works with um, Oh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. But he is a professional. He um, deals with doing a lot of great work, actually, in in the community, the Black community, um, talking about mental health, talking about mental illness, especially as uh, as especially as it deals with Black um, Black people, so the Black women, Black men. Um, so we're gonna have a conversation with him um, against the backdrop of everything that's happening um, within the Black community currently. Um, so that's just a little snippet of what the framework of this episode is about. So I'm going to turn it over to Theo so he can introduce himself properly and um, let us know who he is 
what he does and uh, why he's joining us today. Uh, welcome, uh, everybody. Uh, I do appreciate uh, you know, the opportunity to uh, or, or meet with you to and discuss uh, mental health and my perspective from it. Uh, being a black male individual, uh, a graduate from UFT in 2016, uh, and entering the addictions and mental health field. Uh, I actually work with the Salvation Army. That's an organization that supports many uh, relief, uh, you know, or, uh, relief uh, funds and, uh, you, know, you know, the community. So I have the opportunity to support individuals uh, in a residential treatment program uh, that is focused on just enriching males' life uh, and giving them the opportunity to get back on track in their life. One thing that I do love about my organization is it has a spiritual component. Right. Uh, but you don't have to be uh, really uh, from any religious affiliation to get the treatment support you need. But it is a component that I've noticed that has been highly important in terms of building structure and balance in many people's lives. Um, one thing I feel that it helps with is really just allowing you to you know, reclaim that sense of self and that sense of meaning and purpose. So when everybody who comes through the door is able to understand that spirituality doesn't necessarily all the time needs to mean religion, uh, it helps them kind of feel more at ease with exploring it and understanding what God uh, means to them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people of all different races, different, uh, you know, religious backgrounds that come through the door. Uh, but I haven't seen much, uh, you know, people of color actually come through the door, especially black individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, once in a while, I see that, right? Uh, and from when I do see that, uh, oftentimes what, what uh, they describe is much of the struggles of getting mental health support is due to, you know, not knowing that there's resources out there, right. uh, as well as some cultural, uh, you know, stigma around getting help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, for males in particular, it's really tough to express your emotions. Uh, or, uh, you know, understand your emotions to the point where you can then really work on uh, bettering yourself. So uh, just opening up is, is, is a step that is, it takes a lot of work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I think this is Lynette. Um, I think my yes. question would be um, starting off mm-hmm. in general. How do you think we can approach... Um, the conversation, even starting up the conversation, uh, especially in the black community with men, especially with men, because like you said, it's com- it, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of harder for men to approach it than it is for women, yeah. I think. But how do you think we can start yeah. the conversation um, up um, to make it a little easier for people to, to approach mental health mm-hmm. issues with, with yeah. less, um, with less walls up. Yeah. And that's the thing. There is a lot of walls up within our communities. When we come from various uh, uh, amount of communities within our one umbrella community, right? You know, we're all labeled as black, but we're coming from different countries, different cultures, and different understanding of mental health. Uh, so one thing we need to recognize is that it does exist, mm-hmm. you know, within our communities. And 
you know, yes, we want to work on building up each other in our own and keep it, you know, out of, you know, out of, out, out of the light. But we also have to allow ourselves to understand that, look, it looks different from uh, what it looks like for other people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mental health issues is a lot different from uh, issues of other races and backgrounds for us. We're more so uh, fabricated to be resilient people. Right. And with resilient, resiliency, uh, one thing we often say to ourselves is there's no point of us complaining, there's no point of us expressing. Uh, and that is like filtering it and it's internalizing it. And when you internalize something so much, uh, often what the end result is, is it, it get expressed uh, in un, you know, helpful ways mm-hmm. or uh, you know, you're only doing more harm than help, right? Um, Z here, yeah, that's interesting that you brought that up because it's true, like this concept of resiliency in the black communities, like we've been taught that, you know, take it, take it. Um, it's almost like we've been conditioned to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So um, my question for you is, the black people that you have um, counseled, that you have had an opportunity to talk about, like what are some of the barriers that they they have, or like how do you even broach those barriers with them when you start having conversations about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of unpacking, right? Um, one thing I always work from is that I want to recognize that there is a trauma mm-hmm. narrative. There's some things that, you know, have been undealt with for, for various amount of time, you know, and it's it's something that can start with a person's childhood, you know, so, and our environment is a part of that. We have to look at some of those factors as well, those underlying factors, those things that, you know, cause us to be where we are or who we are mm-hmm. is important. You know, if you lived in a very rough neighborhood where all you were accustomed to was a lot of negativity, that gets internalized and you start to, you know, be used to that, right? Uh, You know, if uh, you haven't had both parents in the household for for all your life and you were raised by your mother, that is trauma as well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in in a sense, right? Um, There's so many factors that we, we aren't addressing. And that's the part of it that kind of makes it difficult for people to express uh, what's going on mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally for themselves. Right? right. And do you find that you're able to break through most of the time, or does it take time um, uh, to get through to that, to the bot, to the root of it? Because really, it's the root, right? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. It's, it's exactly. about getting to the root of a situation. Um, and do you find that it, it, it takes lo- it takes a while um, for one group of people versus another um, group of people, mainly because of the 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 fact that we are resilient to as black people we yeah. we want to push forward, we want to do things on our own. Do you find that it, it it's hard to break through um, in that in that sense? I, it's actually a good uh, it's a good point to kind of look at, right? Because I, I've noticed for the, 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 the clients that I've had, people of color, mm-hmm. uh, specifically black and brown individuals, mm-hmm. uh, I've had to do more so work 
more work with looking at the underlying factors, right. the root cause of uh, their stress and struggles, more so than uh, you know my white mm-hmm. clients, where I would be working on you know strategies of just uh, strength-based approaches, right? You know, enhancing their motivation, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, because uh, oftentimes uh, they, they haven't been able to express some of those root causes uh, before, right? right? So with with that, you know, oftentimes they say in our in, in our, my 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 work in my line of work, when you're doing short-term counseling, you shouldn't really touch on tra- trauma and touch too much on the root cause, but more so focus on the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which are things that are presently impacting them. But sometimes you need to go back a little bit to unpack, to move forward, right? And I found that to be highly effective when I give them the platform to address some of those things that have been buried, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in their emotions for so long. Right. right. And it does take time. It doesn't take three months mm. to work out your, your, your mental health issues. It takes a handful of, you know, unpacking. It takes a lot of uh, deep digging, self-exploration for that to uh, to get to a point where you can feel okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think it's interesting that your workplace would put emphasis on not dealing with root issues when you're doing short-term yeah. counseling because it feels like you're just putting a, yeah. a, a band-aid on a surgery wound, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. They would often tell us to just, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. refer them out. To like uh, maybe uh, get further support, some resources, which is good as well, right? But the focus is important to kind of not go too deep into yeah. trauma, or, or if you are delving into trauma, to do it with a very uh, a sensitive right, approach, right? right? Uh, so you're not opening any emotional wounds that are causing more uh, trauma mm. onto the person. And I can do that for another person of color because I understand that I have a bit of relational factor. But it's a lot different if it's a, a you know a white counselor trying to unpack trauma of uh, a black individual, right? Uh, where it's tricky because mm-hmm. of the relational mm-hmm. piece, right? right? right. It's it's so interesting that you say that because I feel like that's also that's also a barrier, right, it, within the the, the, the yeah. community because it becomes like oh now you have to hop around to to solve one issue, right? Whereas if you could have taken the underlying factor in terms of like the trauma that the person has gone through, and then worked with them through that whole process to come to kind of get to the, the place that they are now. I think that would have been more, that that's more yeah. effective than to put like Z said, put a bandaid on it and just be like, okay, we're gonna deal with what what's happening now, um, and then move on. And I feel like that's a barrier, right? That's a barrier for a lot, even yeah. not even only people of color, but a barrier in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you did mention um, that when we were talking before this episode that you had your own personal story. Do you do you mind sharing your own personal story in terms of like what like you've gone yeah. through? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into the deep narrative because that can be actually <laughs> a book, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, uh, and that's the thing is that as people of color, we all have had narratives of trauma. Yeah. You know, Right. I would say uh, growing up Canadian, uh, I wasn't born in Canada, but I came here when I was very young. Uh, You know, 
going uh, like going through the process that every immigrant family has to go through uh, to you know move up uh, the social uh, economic status and, and, and livelihood. You know, my my mom came here being sponsored by my aunt in the in the in the 70s, 80s, right? Uh, and uh, you know, uh, the shelter system and then the government house housing system growing up was the norm yeah. for me. Um, and then uh, having to kind of live without my the other half of my family uh, up until my teens because my dad was in in, in Nigeria uh, supporting my two other siblings, right? So it was myself and my oldest sibling. Uh, so it was a bit of a disconnect. Uh, I, I, I was always grown up in the, the Ghanaian culture in mm-hmm. Toronto, but never really fully connected to it. I was actually more connected to my community culture, which was a heavy Caribbean, uh, Jamaican mm-hmm. influence, right? Uh, and uh, we we had a lot of time on our hands, right? So in our neighborhood, the way people painted our neighborhood was a lot different from how I viewed it. My neighborhood was very diverse. It wasn't a black neighborhood. But the fact that it was in an area that wasn't, you know, deemed as safe as other areas. So it was just categorized as a, a priority area or a, a low-income area or, you know, a ghetto area, whatever you want to frame it as. Uh, and there was violence, you know, there was gun violence, there was some drug dealing activity going on, but I never felt unsafe in my neighborhood. Right? Um, I felt more connected to my neighbors, in fact. Uh, my mom worked really hard to, you know, uh, once my dad came and my siblings came uh, to purchase a house. And we purchased a house that was a few blocks away from my neighborhood. But I always gravitated back to my old neighborhood uh, because I felt more connected, right? Uh, and, and in that sense, being from that neighborhood, there was a lot of uh, incidents with police that, you know, caused me to be afraid of the police. Uh, but also to have that kind of internal hatred towards them as well. But I wasn't only afraid of the police, I was afraid of other people's neighborhoods as well because, you know, when I left outside of my neighborhood, it meant that because I, you know, wear a certain color uh, or because, uh, you know, I could look yeah. like somebody else, there could be potential risk of violence with somebody that I may or may not know, right? I, you know, and that that was part of the narrative that pushed me as well. Um, I struggled with uh, schooling as well as many kids. I would say I fell under through the crack uh, in in the education system, uh, and I only discovered I had dyslexia when I was in my master's program. But before that, I got through schooling. I got through two post-secondary education, uh, you know, mm-hmm. degrees. Uh, and I graduated high school when it was hard for many of my colleagues to do so. I almost even dropped out of high school because of my learning difficulties. And one thing that I along that came along the way in my understanding is when I was in a vulnerable position in state, I, the best thing that I could have done for myself was to ask for help. Right? I had many people intervene along that way to help me they're clear of, you know, getting caught up in, you know, uh, violence or gang-related activities uh, or getting caught up in just other things that weren't conducive to my well-being. But a lot of kids are growing up in these yeah. types of neighborhoods, you know, 
that don't have the opportunity to express themselves, mm -hmm. aren't given the chances, or aren't given a hand uh, to really, you know, elevate themselves uh, and, and realize their true potential. So that's one thing that I doubt is that once I get out of my neighborhood, once I become the example instead mm -hmm. of the statistic, I am going to do my best to, uh, you know, push, push forward uh, in my community as well, you know. Uh, and, and that's been something I've been very proud of. I've, I've helped organize not just school clubs, uh, you, know, you know, that, you know, touches on black, you know, black uh, issues and black culture, uh, but also organizations that are still existing to this, to this day uh, that is, uh, you know, focused on supporting wow. the black community. Wow. You see, I think I think that's 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 part of the challenge, right? Like you, we, I, I also like I lived in Toronto as well, so I lived in in, in some of these communities as well. Um, but I, I think I was watching this documentary where this guy was saying he lived in one of these trouble, these trouble, um, trouble, quote unquote, um, neighborhoods, and when he came out. And now he's like, he's a popular musician or whatever. But when he came out on the other side, mm -hmm. he was diagnosed with, I think, PTSD um, because of the trauma that he, he, he had, he, go, he went through with, within, those, within those neighborhoods, right? And a lot of times we don't talk about these things. Yeah. I lived in, in, in a community where, like, you, just across the field, you couldn't wear a certain color because because you you were you were scared yeah, that you were gonna you were gonna get shot right for no apparent reason mm -hmm. right and these are obviously goes back yeah. it goes down to the roots of a lot of um, systemic things that have that that are um, existent within these communities um, that the conversation can go on for days yeah. but a lot of times when when yeah. certain people get out of these um, communities now they it, you, you're you're in the position where you have to now have to deal with everything that has happened then. But because you you, yeah. you don't you don't take the yeah. pause, you don't take a time to actually think that man, I have actually gone through a lot in this community. Now thinking and unpacking those those yeah. those um those things in your head doesn't even come into the conversation. And then later on, you struggle with certain things, and you're mm -hmm. like, man, it, it, like is it connected some way? Right, so it's interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and spirituality and and religion and and the understanding of God was always mm -hmm. embedded in me. You know, my mom, uh, you know, being uh, you know one of the leaders, uh, women's mm -hmm. leaders in a Ghanaian church. Uh, while growing up, mm -hmm. was always a part of that. Right? Uh, you know, one thing I would say is that if I didn't have my mom's resiliency, mm. I wouldn't be that person to want to seek better for myself. Like, I credit her for everything that has gone very well for myself, right? Because she's always been that anchor of that family. As tough as she is and hard as she is and, and you know, on all of us, you know, the, the, the effort she's put to raise, raise us and bring the other half of her family uh, to Canada was, was something that I needed. If my dad didn't come here when I was 16 years old, I'd probably be either dead or in jail. You know, uh, so and that is credited to my mom's efforts. You know, getting us out of that government housing area and uh, having at least 10 years wow. to live in a house, right, was uh, was a part of that progress. Right, 
Yeah. It wasn't easy because it's never easy for individuals that come uh, into this country or uh, you know are you know born into mm-hmm. this country of color. It's like we have to work extra hard to get where we are, where we are. And once we get where we are, we have to kind of mm-hmm. perform to the standards. We have to kind of adjust ourselves to uh, you know society's expectation as to how we should conduct ourselves yeah. or express ourselves, right? You know, and you know when you're one of few in an organization, you kind of learn how to play the politics. You kind of learn how to be a lot more mindful uh, and bite your tongue sometimes. Uh, but that's a part of the systemic problem that we're facing right now. And I'm hoping people are getting a better understanding of now that you know we're actually seeing more of uh, of what's you know what's been holding us back for so long, right? Um, Theo, you talked about, so based on the conversation that we've been having, the one thing that I keep thinking is that like the common denominator for mental health and illness is trauma, right? Like it seems like young trauma from a young age tends to manifest itself later on in life in some form of mental health or mental illness situation. Um, based on the people that you have seen in, in your place of work, like I know you mentioned that you um, deal with people from all walks of life. We don't get to see a lot of black people, but based off of what you've seen, do you see a difference in the type of trauma that people talk about, com- like between white people versus people of color? A big difference. Okay. Big difference. Okay. Big difference. Yeah. Um, that difference is, uh, you know, even though uh, similar narratives, like a lot of people, uh, you know, have. Uh, you know, elevated mental health issues as a result of, you know, the trauma that's related to it. But the, the, the way of dealing with it is similar in a sense that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes substances can be that factor into wanting to either, you know, forget, mm-hmm. forget it or, you know, wanting to kind of, uh, you know, uh, move beyond that, right? So people uh, often use substances due to, you know, wanting to chase some sort of excitement or wanting to kind of mask some sort of pain, right? Uh, and oftentimes I see a, a bit of both, especially with young people, it's, it's a bit of both, young, young individuals, the influence. And, and at first it was chasing a bit of the excitement with a lot of the cultural related things to, you know, substance use. Uh, and then a bit of it is more so the, you know, the pain that's being masked, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's where the mental health comes in too, because the substances mm-hmm. can actually induce the mental health. Somebody could be perfectly fine, uh, and then all of a sudden they're relying on drugs to kind of, uh, you, know, you know, remove some of those emotional wounds. And then the drugs take over and cause more problems. It actually opens up a bit more the emotional wounds. I do find that, um, yeah, for for black individuals particularly, the emotional wounds have a lot to do uh, with a lot of, of of trauma that's connected to their lifestyle and influences, as well as their past uh, mm-hmm. uh, history mm-hmm. and upbringing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just find I think I think yeah. for me. Personally, um, I think this aspect of pushing through resiliency, and I'm not, and you know what I mean, like you said, your mom, 
has been a, a rock for you guys and it, sometimes it takes that right it takes that resiliency to push through and, and just that, not yeah. think and not have about what your mind is going through right and a lot of times that's what it is right you don't have the time um to pause to we have to go 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 um we don't have time to pause mm-hmm. and and think about what is going on in our mind but i feel like that takes such a toll on us as individuals um across the spectrum it doesn't have to only be uh black the black community mm-hmm. it's that resiliency and that 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 um, rigor to push forward all the time and not pause to to think about what our minds mm-hmm. are doing in that moment is a big component as of why we we go through the things of, that we go through right because when you finally you finally get out of that yeah. that neighborhood you finally get out of that situation and then you take time to pause yeah. and think man this is like this is life yeah. that's when you realize man I'm going through a lot of yeah. things I'm going through this I'm going through that and then somebody mm-hmm. else is dealing with the same same issue and you're like man yes that's that's what exactly what I'm going through I feel like that resiliency that that will to push forward all the time. Um I think we just need we just need a, a, a time to yeah. pause as individuals to just think through our thoughts yeah. and I, that's a big thing that I say all the time just to pause think through our thoughts and see what where we are as yeah. individuals because when you are you are you are um exactly. going through something physically you're sick right your physical your physical being mm-hmm. tells you to pause like you know go check yourself out at the yeah. at the doctor yeah but because our mind is a is a constant thing mm-hmm. that we are we're constantly going through life and quickly 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 we don't pause to actually think yeah. about what is going yeah. on in our mental state right so yeah i think there should be a balance yeah. he says this all the time yeah. there should be a balance in everything that we yeah. do um as a people Mm. Yeah. I think even just collectively pausing, you know, like and really like pausing but even collectively as a black yeah. people just taking a pause mm-hmm. and just recognizing that we've been through a lot. Like I think this world this current climate that we're in is really showing that you know, I've never seen anything like this. I don't think any of us have seen anything like this in our lifetime where like literally every black person in the whole world is like we're yeah. tired of this, you know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and it, it's going to sh- yeah. it shows yeah, where I think at some point when you're constantly feeling oppressed or feeling like you're made to feel less than like you're you you have to perform you have to you're constantly on so to speak mm-hmm. and then it takes a climate like this where it's like you, you blow up and you're like I'm done I can't do this anymore you know right. and i feel right. like this current climate is really showing that like black people as a whole were like we can't do this thing anymore where we constantly have to pretend to be something or we have to dumb ourselves down or we have to 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 allow ourselves to be stepped on just so that we can make it in life like i feel like all those things have a have a part to play in 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 our mental health and mental well-being you know what i mean like i i don't i don't know if you have anything to say to that yeah. because i know that you do a lot of work in the black community and you are very pro black so i don't know what are your thoughts about that yeah 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 
You are right. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just need that collective pause and that recognition. And sometimes we have to allow ourselves to have that break. You know, we're so uh, focused on, you know, working, working, mm-hmm. working. We become that workforce and we don't recognize that, you know, that is a part of it too as well. You know, self care is what I, I, I kind of work towards, mm-hmm. uh, not just in my uh, office with mm-hmm. clients, but even for myself. You know, I used to just be in my office for hours because I have dyslexia uh, and struggle with the case notes and the documentation. And it would be like nine and ten, but I finished at four thirty while my, you know, my wife and kid were home. And I had to tell myself, look, Theo, right. you know, work is work, home is home. You can't always be constantly working towards, you know, uh, you know, working towards your progress, pro- progress, right? You have to allow yourself to mm-hmm. uh, have some self-care mm-hmm. as a part mm-hmm. of that process. But even, you know, mm-hmm. Once I kind of took more breaks, it helped with with my mental wellness too because I was becoming mm-hmm. overwhelmed in work as well mm-hmm. where it got to the point right. where I felt I needed help. <laughs> I felt I needed, yeah. And the funny thing is I actually got some mm-hmm. counseling reports as well while I was working there because it got to mm-hmm. the point where everything was overwhelming. Uh, not just inside the office, but outside the office, dealing with family issues mm. uh, and stuff. Right? No, that's okay. I was interrupting you, but well, I, you I'm, I'm glad you brought up that. the concept of self-care because even me as a so I'm 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 a mom of two. I work full time. My husband works full time. My husband's also in school full time. So there's a lot going on. And, and self care, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it sounds like a white concept. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it sounds like only the privileged white folks <laughs> that don't have to go through this struggle can actually entertain the thought of mm-hmm. self care. Yeah. So can you can you just explain further what self care really means? Because sometimes I think about it, I'm like it's taking a bubble bath. Like that's what self care is, and I'm pretty sure that's all it is. Yeah. So can you just go into that a little bit deeper? Yeah. About what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So my my concept and understanding of self care is allowing yourself that time and opportunity to really do what you mm-hmm. need to do to feel mentally relieved, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's allowing yourself to have some breaks mm-hmm. so you can emotionally regulate yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned mm-hmm. being a mom. Yeah. Being a mom's a, a job as well, <laughs> mm-hmm. a full time job that doesn't constantly stop, right? Uh, and, and sometimes it, it can balancing it all uh, can it can be a bit overwhelming. Uh, but you know your children are a part of your care as well. You know having the time and opportunity to enjoy them and see their growth uh, and instill some values in them and to teach them and and allow them to cultivate what you've cultivated uh, in your upbringing uh, and maintain their their health and their and, and, and their and their mindsets as well is important and part of that right so self-care for me is defined as what are you going to do to allow yourself to break so you can feel good going wherever you are be at work or going where uh going to back to home to kind of just be the mother uh your children and the, you know the the head of your family. Uh, what I have to do every morning, whenever I step through my mm-hmm. office door, mm-hmm. is I have to do some meditation. I didn't know what meditation was before I actually started working. I knew what it was, but it wasn't a concept that I allowed myself to accept. And 
allow for mental wellness. So I do the easiest form of meditation for 15 minutes every morning before I even start my, my, my job, right? Uh, and I, it's just sitting down in a chair, uh, listening to a, a background voice uh, and sounds and just breathing and scanning each area of my body and, uh, you know, releasing that negative energy by straining every area of my body. That's called progressive muscle relaxation. For some people, uh, it might not be their preference for meditation, uh, but for me, it works very well. Some people enjoy yoga, some people enjoy deep breathing and other forms of mindfulness meditation. Uh, even things like just allowing yourself right. to have a meal, sit down at a table and actually <laughs> taste what you created. You know, allow yourself to enjoy mm-hmm. each flavor of that meal and nutrients of that meal. That is self-care, that is mindfulness, that's being present, that's being aware, and that's being connected to yourself and the I environment. I think it's so important, right? mainly because yeah. um, I think as a, as a people, we really have to, mm-hmm. we have to come to the point where we feel like we can allow ourselves to do mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I, I feel like because yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about you yeah. in, in your family but within the black community like mm-hmm. I know my father has told me plenty of times you have to work two times yeah. harder for that one thing that mm-hmm. a white person will will mm-hmm. get you know right away you have to work extra harder you have to go to school mm-hmm. you have to you have to yeah. put in extra work right and I think yeah. that narrative has kind of made yeah. um, the black community as a black people think that we are not allowed to take a pause right so it, like we mm-hmm. said it makes it makes it almost mm-hmm. seem like yeah. a, like a facade mm-hmm. that self-care is this white people facade mm-hmm. that we have we are now have to ascribe to because yeah. that narrative that underlying narrative of yeah. uh, within the black community is like you have to work extra hard right that thing that that your colleague that your exactly, white colleague yeah. is going to get right away you have to work 10 times more to get that same thing right mm-hmm. so i feel like i think it's breaking down yeah. that narrative and saying yeah. i am allowed even if i'm a mother if i'm yeah. a full-time you know um worker full-time mom all of that mm-hmm. i'm allowed to sit down and enjoy myself you know i'm allowed to not have to go, exactly. to go, 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 without pausing and actually having time for myself. Yeah. So I feel like I think that's really yeah. part of that narrative, just yeah. to break down that barrier of like, oh, I'm not allowed. Exactly. You know, if I don't do that, I, I have to do this for my kids. I have to do this for my. I have to do yeah. this for my generation, right? Then it becomes this generational cycle yeah. that we are not able to break yeah. out of. Yeah, exactly. One thing I told myself too is that when I got married, I wouldn't limit my partner from allowing her to explore some of her passions and picking up hobbies and, 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 and helping her uh, really promote that too, like encourage mm-hmm. that. She does her podcasting, her videography, uh, you know, uh, her YouTubing, her content creating. Uh, and that's a part of her self-care, but it's also work for her as well. So being the, the person that I am, I need to support that, give her the opportunity to uh, not have to deal with her little one. Uh, if it means taking them out yeah. for a walk for a couple of hours, I'll do that. Right? And, and that's also part of self-care that we need to understand, that we are allowed to pick up right. new hobbies mm-hmm. and interests and passions, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can learn 
few things, right? I used to think growing up, self care was enjoying myself going to a club or until you turn thirty and then realize that's not. (laughs) Now those are the stuff. I'm too old for that now, and it's not—it's not that I, you know, that I don't enjoy going to a party or a club or a barbecue. But some of the feelings that I was getting from it, I could get it from other aspects too, right? I could get it from, you know, taking my family to Niagara Falls or, uh, you know, taking my son for a walk and watching him run around. You know, I could get it from, and that's the thing. We're we're often wanting feelings so oftentimes we would connect self-care and enjoyment Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. some sort of you know cultural norm that Mm -hmm. was uh you know ingrained in all of us you know Mm -hmm. for our birthday we need to celebrate in a club Mm -hmm. why do we need to celebrate in a club (laughs) (laughs) you know those people don't care that it's our birthday just because we have a couple of bottles (laughs) yeah yeah, so I had to get out of that mindset in order to feel good about doing other things. Mm-hmm. Now I'm even exploring mm-hmm. things like I want to learn how to sew. I went to buy a sewing machine. I want to learn how to do mm-hmm. some videography and photography. My, my, my wife why has not? a camera and all the equipment, so mm-hmm. why not? You brought now, up right? um, the concept yeah. of meditation. Um, yeah. I think it's so interesting that like... I'm listening to you and I'm like, this is a black man saying that he meditates, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's for me, that speaks to, again, the picture yeah. that we have yeah. of, of black people and that resilience thing. Cause for me, meditation is very foreign to me because I keep thinking, you know, I was brought up in the church. I was always told that like meditation is not, is not from God or is not of God or, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so can you just explain that a little bit more like because i i don't think i understood what you said when you the way you meditate like what does what does that do for you and how does that help you with your mental health Mm -hmm. it's like it's like giving yourself a refresher Mm -hmm. it's like refreshing your brain or recalibrating your mind right uh i actually started uh getting more into it after i kind of read about about it from like a black another uh black person's perspective on it his Mm -hmm. name is justin michael williams he has a book called stay stay woke it's like a a guide a meditation guide for uh individuals of color uh or people of different uh gender uh orientations or sexual Mm -hmm. orientations uh or people who are marginalized right and it just breaks it down in a way that was like so what you're right why not allow yourself to enjoy meditation whenever i thought about meditation i thought about it as being something for white people white women specifically on the weekend uh to go uh in a room and just stretch you know i, I was always an athlete i played soccer and whenever i saw people doing yoga i'm like i do that uh whenever i'm on the field to, to prepare myself so i don't get you know, mm-hmm. uh, sores uh-huh. or I used to call that professional stretching mm-hmm. until I actually tried it. It's not as easy as what I thought, you know, but yoga wasn't my thing. You know, deep breathing, uh, tensing up certain areas of my body and relieving that energy was. Right? And I actually do that every morning with uh, my clients as well if they want to join me, right? Because it helps them get into a routine. So that is what uh, meditation is. It's, a routine that you can get easily get into it's mindfulness it's allowing yourself to be present and aware 
Just allowing yourself to be calm, cool, collected, and connected in any situation that could be stressful for you, right? Right. So it's, so it's, it's basically it's like a pause, right? Back. So taking a pause. I see, that's the thing. We, yeah, that's why people, we don't like to I'm just pause, like, why right? are we it's pausing? Like, we're, waste, we're wasting <laughs> <Exactly>. time. <laughs> we're not like, oh, why are we yeah. wasting? Why are we wasting 10 minutes, you There's know, no doing this meditation when I could be doing yeah. Yeah. And I could be cooking, when I could be cleaning. <laughs> And I told that, and the funny thing is, I told myself that when I first started doing it. Why am I, uh, you know, why am I wasting my time? Right. Mm-hmm. I could be uh, reading all my emails and doing some documentation. And then I had to kind of say, you know what, Theo, this is allowing you to feel fresh, yeah. refreshed, because you're going to be listening mm-hmm. to people yeah. talking on their yeah. It's that, it's that additional. Negative. Right. Yeah, is that additional guilt that is added that on <laughs> for a black? Because I know for me, like at, at work, <laughs> when you know a lot of people are going for coffee breaks or whatever, it's like me, I can't go. Like, yeah. I can't go for coffee breaks because I'm just like, oh, what if, what if I go and like I'm the only black girl in in, in the coffee break, and then so my manager sees yeah. me, and then it will be like I'm stigmatized. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Lazy. So yeah. the, the, like, exactly, yeah. you're lazy. So mm-hmm. all of these questions go through your. Yeah. Mm-hmm. as a black woman mm-hmm. and you're just like no 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 I can't pause I have to keep going to I have to keep mind, proving yeah. myself yeah. at work that I can do better I can do more than yeah. more than that white girl can yeah. do or, you know what I mean so all these are all things that we yeah. have to go through on a daily basis so that pause you're just like no yeah. no I have to go <laughs> yeah 10 minutes just, that, that's too much for me to, to lose mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 even myself, I, I, I get I get into the habit of staying stuck in the office, even when it's nice outside. So what I started doing, starting mm-hmm. like last week or so, I started taking mindful yeah. walks. So I'd walk around the area of downtown, yeah. right? Wow. And, and observe everything that I, I'm seeing, right? Uh, and that... And that that's been great. It's mm-hmm. been something that's been insightful. I've noticed things downtown I've never noticed. I've actually allowed myself to observe. Because what happens with our brains, because we're on-the-go type of people, right. we might observe what's going around us, but we're only paying mm-hmm. attention to uh, those things that might stand out. But when you're actually allowing yourself to take the time to go through an area or to, you know whatever, you're actually able to see Right, and, and do you notice any um, significant improvement in your mental health and how you approach life by doing these things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, uh, and it's been. A, I think this year in particular, I've been mm-hmm. able to get organized as organized as I could. Uh, and as structured in my routine as I could. And I'll, my ultimate focus is to support people. I've supported as much people mm-hmm. as I could. You know, I'm, I'm teaching them how to support themselves, right? Uh, I always tell them I'm not uh, in control of their journey in this experience. I'm just in passenger seat, they're back in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're driving, you have to be very attentive to everything, right? You have to know what's in front of you, you have to know your blind spot. You have to be confident in, in your journey moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the approach that I take. I put them in the position for them to feel like they are able to have control and understanding and learning how to regulate their livelihood. And while they're learning, I'm actually learning as well. So it's a two-way street. 
you know, I'm taking from them, they're taking from me, and we're both uh, enriching uh, our yeah. understanding of what wellness is together, right? So, I feel like my professional uh, expertise has been expanded upon itself. I've been able to really feel confident in what I was doing at first, the first few years. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was just trying to, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. do what you were mentioning. Yeah, Make yeah. Sure that, you know, nobody's getting the impression yeah. of me because wow. I want to keep no. my job. <laughs> I've learned a lot from just this yeah. episode yeah. and talking to you because I think one thing that I have, mm-hmm. if anything that I've learned from no. speaking to you today is just to allow ourselves to pause, you know, mm-hmm. allow ourselves to be able to have um, mental space, awesome. <laughs> you know, because it all starts from there. If you if we keep piling on top, exactly. um, so many things yeah. on top of each other, we don't allow ourselves to actually have mm-hmm. the mental capacity to think about things clearly. Right, taking a pause, being okay to 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 pause mm-hmm. and and yeah. and look at stuff and and appreciate life as opposed to um, feed into this narrative that we have as, as black people to keep going, to keep mm-hmm. going, to keep being resilient, to can continue, because that's is, this is, we are black people, we don't pause, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do that. Um, but if there's anything that I have, I have learned is just to like, you know, it's okay to take it easy sometimes. It's okay to, to, to be healthy. You know, mm-hmm. in your mind, not just all the time, mm-hmm. only physical, physical health, but your mind mm-hmm. needs health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah. If anything, I learned. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and the, the 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 word pause in itself, and this was directly from a client. Is mm. uh, they love acronyms. They actually gave me this acronym on PAUSE that I uh, actually love utilizing. Uh, you know, PAUSE can be the acronym to prepare, mm-hmm. to allow, to understand. Can you say that again? Prepare? Self-care and evaluate, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, man, it's important. Evaluate. Wow. Allow, understand, self-care, and evaluate. Mm-hmm. All of the things that embody what I kind of do. So, when that person told me that, I'm like, yeah, you know mm-hmm. what? You're mm-hmm. like, that's that's a great breakdown of what Good. Z, you want to say something? Right. Yeah, like I was going to say, I think my takeaway um, from having a conversation with Theo is, is it's okay to ask for help, you know? Yeah. Like, it, not that it's okay. Ask for help when you recognize that you're having a hard time, you know? Because um, we didn't talk about your dyslexia, but I think that that's something... <laughs> That's another, I guess it's another topic for another day where learning disabilities in the black community is also a big thing where a lot of people confuse learning disabilities for behavioral issues, you know, so it goes underreported. But if you hadn't asked for help, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, right, right. And you you probably would have, but it probably would have taken a lot of hard work because you did two postgraduate degrees. Undiagnosed with that. That's a lot. So you know, good for you um, for for being resilient and getting to that. Because I I know a few people that are dyslexic, and it's 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 hard being dyslexic mm-hmm. and and having to do life like every other normal person. But right. I think getting that help that you need is 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 so key to just mm-hmm. 
getting through life because we're not islands right like god didn't make us to be individual people in a society where we're not self-reliant like we need to rely mm-hmm. on our community to to, exactly. to to get through this life right so that's definitely um a takeaway that i'm taking from this mm-hmm. conversation yeah. for sure for sure um, what do you um dear okay. you have any final thoughts Well, I would say that, you know, I've had some takeaways from this as well, uh, and I do appreciate you guys allowing this uh, to be uh, a platform conversation. Uh, what I'm really taking away from this is that it is important to really reflect on where you're presently at and, and understand right. that there is balance that you can create in all aspects of your livelihood, right? Uh, and that can incorporate your, your 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 religion as well, or your understanding of spirituality. That can incorporate your family life. That can incorporate your work life. That can be all balanced out to build the wellness you need to move forward. Right? You know, and it's not uh, moving forward to for the purpose right. of being resilient. Mm-hmm. It's moving forward for the purpose of being That's healthy, really good. mentally, emotionally, That's spiritually. Really good. Yeah. Right? Thank you so much. Right? Thank you so, so much for this conversation. It's really liberating mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Thank you. Um, so I really appreciate it. Yeah. Very much. So, Theo, right. where can the people find you if they want to yeah, follow you it. on any of the medias? All right. Well, I am very vocal on social media. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Theo Huxtable on Instagram so that's T-H-E-O H-U-X S-T-A A-B-L-E that's the dyslexia Huxtable right <laughs> sorry <laughs> I drew a blank there and uh, yeah so I, you know from there you can find me on other platforms but I'm usually on Instagram vocalizing various things uh, I also have another Instagram uh, for Black Mental Health, mm-hmm. uh, right? So I uh, that one is Black Mental Health Matters. So that's B L K because you know I couldn't mm-hmm. get the actual entire word. Uh, Black Mental awesome. Health Matters. So B L K Mental Health Matters. And uh, usually I'm gonna be posting some information and resources and. And also reposting things that you know uh, would be important for us to kind of get some insight from our community on. Okay. Right now, I'm offering yes. up free uh, short-term uh, online therapeutic services support. So that would be via Zoom, uh, via web chat uh, platforms like WebEx, which is a professional platform and secured. Uh, or you know, Google has Hangouts, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, platform you feel comfortable Skype I don't mind you know I have the time allotted for awesome. that so people jump on that give <laughs> well we'll to Theo's um, social handles will be in the description of our episode so if you want to go check that out there as well you'll be more than welcome and again we are on all uh, major podcasts platforms so Google Play Apple Podcasts Spotify Anchor wherever you listen to your podcast we are there and thank you guys so much for your support let us know what you think about the episode on instagram we'll be so happy to hear from you 
and that's it from us till next time bye bye thanks to you